Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 87, weaning older babies and toddlers. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hello, how are you? How's your week going? I hope you are having a great day. I hope that it's starting to warm up just a little bit where you live. Um, here in Utah, at the time of this recording, we are having like a freakishly warm week and it feels like spring is here, even though um, it's February, <laughs> the beginning of February. And it is so nice. Although, um, at least here in Utah, if we don't get the snow that we need, the moisture that we need during the winter season, we pay for it during the summer. So, you know, there is that, but for now I just am soaking up the sunshine and just being so glad that my family is healthy right now. We just had a long stint of not feeling healthy at the beginning of this year. So I really hope that for you, you and your family are healthy and doing well, and hopefully able to get a little sunshine today, wherever you may live. Um, okay. You guys, this topic for today, I know is going to be a juicy one. I know you're going to love it because I have got so many messages on this one topic, so many requests to talk about this. And I haven't really talked about this specifically on this podcast before. I have had an episode about how to stop breastfeeding, but that's more for younger kids, um, younger babies. And you guys were asking for, no, no, no. We want tips and tricks for older kids, these toddlers who have opinions and, uh, they don't want to stop breastfeeding, but I want to stop breastfeeding. <laughs> that is what this podcast episode is about today. Um, so it's going to be a good one because I know that this has been a hot topic and it's so funny. It's so interesting because I obviously help a lot of people start breastfeeding. You probably could guess that because I'm a lactation consultant. Um, but the interesting part is that sometimes it is harder to stop breastfeeding than it is to start. <laughs> That can be for a lot of different reasons. Um, sometimes, especially my clients with oversupply, it's like trying to stop like a fire hydrant. It's just so, so tricky to get it to stop <laughs> for others. Um, it's just that their little one wants to keep breastfeeding. They just want to still spend time at the breast, which by the way, is totally fine. You can breastfeed as long as you and your baby want 
But if you are feeling done, maybe you're feeling touched out, like you just are feeling done with your breastfeeding journey, then you can choose when to end because guess what? You are an important piece of the breastfeeding puzzle. It's not just all about your baby. It's also about you and you should be able to find joy and happiness in breastfeeding. And if you just aren't anymore, then it's okay for you to end your breastfeeding journey. Now I want to mention first, before I jump into my top three tips, that it's really important for you to know that breast milk is still the main source of nutrition for babies under one year of age. Okay. So if your baby is under one year of age, this episode is not for that. This episode is about how to stop breastfeeding for toddlers, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, and beyond. If you want to stop breastfeeding before your baby is one year of age, I highly recommend to work with an IBCLC such as me or one in your area, um, because it's going to be really important to make sure that your baby is still getting the nutrition that they need, whether it's coming from formula, donor milk, your own breast milk, that still needs to be the main source of their nutrition. By the way, if you want to check and see if your insurance covers six free consults with me, just click the link in my show notes, or you can also go to breezybabies.com. If you click on telehealth or in-person consults, depending on where you live, there's a little link where you can check to see if your insurance covers free consults. That's through lactation network. That's the company that does the billing for me. And if you're approved, it's totally free. You do not have to pay any fees. You do not have to meet your deductible. They are free consultations and it makes my day. Every time I see someone come through who is approved for free consults, it is the best because not only do you get the help you need, but you don't have to pay anything. And my clients who have their insurance pay for consults, they get help before things get bad. My self-pay clients, they often are in a pretty bad spot before they'll book a consultation with me. But for those who have their insurance pay, um, it's more preventative care and it is so much better that way. Oh, you guys, it is so much better to get help before there is a major problem. So I would love to work with you. I talk with families, not only all over the United States, but I even have consulted with families all over the world. So you can go ahead and check that out. Um, and here we go. Let's, let's do it. Let's jump in to these top three tips. Um, I want to tell you first that, um, I recently had one mom, um, send me a message on Instagram who was asking for help on this exact topic. And I was like, Hey, I have a podcast episode coming out on this topic, but it's not available yet. It won't be for weeks. So in the meantime, I want you to follow these three simple steps and let me know how it goes. So she did. She followed those exact three steps which PS, those are the three steps that I'm going to be sharing with you today. So don't worry, you're not missing out. Um, but she came back later and she was like, Oh my gosh, it works so well. She sent me a cute little picture of her little one. 
Um, and she was just like, these were such simple steps. And when I tried to Google online, I just, there was so much information. I just wasn't sure what to do. Um, so I was so happy to hear about that. I love getting feedback from all of you when things are going well, or even when things are not going well. Um, cause then I know exactly, um, how to help my clients in the future. So here we go. I'm going to share what I shared with her, with you. Um, and then you can start the process of weaning your little one as well. Okay. So my first tip for you is don't offer, don't refuse, just distract. <laughs> what does that mean? I know that was kind of a lot. So let's say we just take a typical day. Um, and your little one is, you know, just toddling around the house with you. Um, the first step you can take is don't offer the breast, just don't offer it. Um, and if your little one does come up to you and ask to breastfeed in whatever way they ask, whether, whether they sign or you have a little code word for breastfeeding, or they just come and lift up your shirt, <laughs> whatever that looks like for you. Um, the next step is don't refuse. Don't say like, no, no milk for you right now. Not that you would say it like that, right? <laughs> I'm being, um, a little dramatic, um, but you don't have to refuse. What you can do instead is distract your little one and lucky for you, kids around this age are really easily distractible. So, you know, if you were planning for this, which by the way, I do recommend planning for this, um, kind of setting yourself up for success beforehand. One thing you can do is purposely plan this time of weaning when you have a few days of fun activities planned. Now those can be fun activities around the house, such as like you bought your little one, some brand new books or a fun new toy, um, some fun new crafts and activities, or it could even be something outside of the house. And in fact, I usually do recommend for you to get out of the house if you can, because that is going to be even more um, distracting for your little one and also more exciting for them as well to go to the park, to go to the zoo, to go someplace fun and do some fun activities outside. Um, that's going to make it even easier for you because your little one isn't going to be so interested in coming up and asking for the breast. So again, don't offer, but also don't refuse and just have lots and lots of distractions in place. Okay. Tip number two is don't make yourself accessible. I have heard of so many families who will literally put band-aids on their nipples and say, milk's all gone. <laughs> and that is like a serious, true barrier between you and your little one. Um, so that's an option, you know, again, like take anything that I offer in this podcast episode, just pick the bits and pieces that work for you in your life. You don't have to do every single thing that I suggest in this podcast episode, but that is an option. You could literally put band-aids on your nipples and tell your little one, Oh, milk's all gone. I do highly recommend that you don't sit in your usual nursing spot. So let's say there's one comfy couch in your house and you just have noticed that every time you sit in that comfy spot, your little one makes their way over to you and they like to breastfeed 
in that comfy spot. Just don't even go near that couch. Don't even go by it. Don't sit down in that spot during this weaning period. Another helpful tip, don't wear clothing that makes your breasts easily accessible. Make your breasts hard to get to. <laughs> Make um, Maybe you have layers or a long sleeve hoodie or a high neck, um, a shirt with a high neck or a dress if it's summertime that makes it trickier to get to your breasts. Um, you want to make it really hard to get access to your breasts. So choose your clothes accordingly. (laughs) This is your chance to pull out all those clothes that you usually avoid because, um, you wanted to make your breasts easy to access during your breastfeeding journey. We'll now go to the other side of your closet, all that stuff that's been ignored and pushed to the side all this time because it didn't give easy access to your breasts. Well, now is the time to wear those. Okay. Tip number three, take it one step at a time. And you know, during this whole process, I want you to be really familiar with your breasts because going cold Turkey may not be the best idea, especially if your body was still making a considerable amount of milk. It's always about baby steps down. So you can choose where to start, but I usually, um, suggest to start with middle of the day feeds because those are generally the least loved (laughs) by, um, your little one. So those will be the easiest to go first saved the most loved ones to cut out last. Okay. So here's an example. If your toddler does sleep through the night, What I would suggest is to take the afternoon nursing time and cut it out. Okay. Cut it out completely after that's going good for a few days, then you can work on cutting out the next one. Again, leave the first in the morning and last before bed nursing sessions for last. You are going to have to allow a few days to step down between each nursing session that you cut out. So what this can look like is no nursing in the afternoon. You wait two to three days to make sure that that's going okay, that your breasts are feeling good. Your supply is transitioning. Well, you're not getting any clogged ducts, and then you can focus on cutting out the next nursing session. If your little one always nurses to sleep at night, you might want to plan to cut that one out last. Instead, you may want to focus on the early AM. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is just save the most loved nursing session for last and cut out that low hanging fruit, that easy one, the one that your toddler doesn't love so much, cut that one out first. Okay. So you might be listening to this and be saying, okay, that's all good. And that's all fine. But my little one still gets up to breastfeed in the night, or maybe you're co-sleeping with your child and they still have access to your breasts in the night. Um, what do you do in that situation? (laughs) So let's talk about that. So the first step could look like this. You could say to your little one, Hey, when the sun is shining, all the milkies go to sleep. 
And usually your little one at this point is old enough to have some understanding where you can kind of talk it through with them. Again, this podcast episode is not for babies under one year of age because you cannot rationalize or talk through (laughs) with a baby who's under one year of age. So again, this is for kids who are a little bit older. You can talk to them. You can draw pictures and say, oh, look, when the sun is shining, all the milkies go to sleep. And you can kind of, um, you know, start this conversation weeks before you even start the weaning process. Again, just take it slow. Nothing has to be fast. Nothing has to be drastic. If you are still feeding frequently, you don't want it to be drastic at all because you need your body to slowly adjust to making less milk. It's always better to do baby steps when it comes to this, instead of just going cold Turkey altogether. Um, so again, start having this conversation with your little one weeks, maybe even months before you even start the weaning process. Um, don't make yourself accessible. So what this looks like is if early in the morning, your little one likes to come in and breastfeed in bed, then don't hang around in bed in the morning, get up and get the day going, start making breakfast, get dressed for the day, plan some fun activities that will get you and your little one out of the house. Once you have successfully cut out daytime feeds, you can start chipping away at night feeds. So when your little one wakes up in the night looking for comfort, one thing you can do is see if your spouse or your significant other can get up and comfort them. Maybe that looks like, um, they read them a book or sing them a song. Um, they give them a little massage, help them get back to sleep. Maybe they get them a cup of water or a little snack in the night that can look so, so different from family to family, but generally if your spouse or significant other can be the one to get up with your little one, then it's going to make it a little bit easier because again, you're not making yourself accessible for your baby to breastfeed for your little one to breastfeed. Um, so when you go to bed at night, you can even think about wearing a top that again, does not allow easy access for your breasts. And I just want to add throughout this whole process, maybe sometimes you'll start the weaning process and it will be going well. And then you hit a snag. Maybe you have a big life change. Um, maybe your little one is going through a big developmental milestone and you find that, Hey, um, weaning's not going well. (laughs) This is, this is stressful. Um, my little one is acting out, um, and it's causing more stress in our life to cut out nursing sessions. It's okay to pump the brakes and be like, Hey, um, we're not going to cut out any more nursing sessions right now. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, um, coast, right? We're just going to coast for now and see how things go. And then we can continue to work on cutting out more breastfeeding sessions as time goes on. Again, this is your journey. This is your baby's journey. How quickly you cut out breastfeeding sessions and wean is totally up to you. Once your baby is one um, past one year of age, you can breastfeed as little or as much as you want. So maybe you're going through this process. You cut out the daytime feeds. Good. Done. 
and then you go to cut out nighttime feeds and it's not going well, well, you can continue with the nighttime feeds. Maybe you decide, ah, these aren't so bad. We just sleep better when we breastfeed through the night. That's totally fine. Keep them. That, um, is whatever you want this to look like for you and your family. It can look like that. So again, from this podcast episode, pick out the parts that work for you and your family and make this process what you want it to be, what your little one wants to be. So again, those top three tips for weaning older babies and toddlers. Number one was don't offer, don't refuse, just distract. Number two was don't make yourself accessible. And number three was take it one step at a time. Take it easy on yourself. This is going to be maybe a hard process. So um, plan some time for yourself as well. It's going to go great. I know you're going to do awesome. Best of luck with your weaning journey. And of course, I would love to hear all the stories of how it went when you went through this. Send me a message on Instagram or send me an email brie at breezybabies.com. I can't wait to hear about all your success stories. Of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Have a good one. 